hang it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Dylan, as well. But not just any fantasy today, Dylan. Today, we have a very exciting episode, kind of a new format here. Very excited to get started. And today, we're talking, we're continuing our recommendation series. And today, this is Books to Read After the Kingkiller Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, y'all seem to appreciate when we took this approach of saying what to read next after a particular series when we did it with A Song of Ice and Fire. So Mm -hmm. we're hoping that we can turn our eyes to The King Killer Chronicle, one of our favorite series, Mm -hmm. and see what we would recommend. But we also thought it's time to mix it up, Yes. That's right. So what we did was we took to Twitter, we took to Instagram, we even took to Facebook, potentially. No, we didn't. We did not. (laughs) But we thought about (laughs) it. And um, we put it out in the the social media sphere, uh, brought it out to the friends. And we're like, what would you guys recommend? And we got a lot of different recommendations. Some we've read, some we've haven't. Some we would recommend. We read all the recommendations, just not the books that were recommended, to clarify. (laughs) It's like we got a lot of people giving recommendations. We don't read everything that you say, but... Right, but there's a lot of great things, a lot of exciting entries here from very, you know, from all over the Twitter sphere and the Insta sphere. So, we're happy to bring in our social media friends, bring them into the fold here on the show. It's going to be a very exciting episode. Right. So, because we do read all of the posts that come our way, mm-hmm. we grabbed a lot of these recommendations and, and we'll credit the folks that recommended them when we can here. That's so right. We're excited to get into it and, and bring a little bit more friend engagement here because the friends, right. that's more than just me and you, Charles. That's all of our wonderful listeners. Absolutely. And we love our listeners. We love having a conversation with our listeners. And we thought, what a great way to bring that conversation onto the show through the recommendation series. Um, So let's get these recommendations started. We're going to start with some that we personally would recommend, ones that we think embodies, like, can be compared in certain ways to the King Killer Chronicles so that, hey, if you liked these elements of King Killer, you would like these elements of these series, and you may want to give them a try. Uh, Dylan, do you want to start with one of your um, top recommendations here for those who are fans of King Killer? Sure. Well, the first one that came to mind for me, uh, Charles, was actually the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb. I know that's one that came to mind for you yeah. as well pretty quickly uh i i've only read assassin's apprentice and and you've read the whole farseer trilogy Mm -hmm. um and we were far from alone in the sentiment that the farseer trilogy by robin hobb would be a good fit for those who like the king killer chronicle uh Mm -hmm. we had uh 
David S., one of our buddies over on Twitter at Book Meanderings, uh, say Farseer as well. And we had on Insta, we had Nihad Sketches mention Farseer. So uh, both of us and uh, those two to back this recommendation. Right. And this was my like immediate like recommendation as well uh, and that's for a couple reasons um and so first of all in david s's like comments uh they, they said you know robin hobb has some fantastic prose i think that's the closest author i can think of and i totally agree with that david s 100 percent uh I would say, you know, Kingkiller does stand on its own in many ways. It's tough to find parallels from other series to Kingkiller. Patrick Rothfuss has such a unique voice, and what he's trying to do in the world of fantasy is with the Kingkiller uh, Chronicles is very unique. But where the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb comes into the pl- comes into play here is like how intimately we get to know Fitz, right? Uh, much like Kingkiller is told through the perspective of Quoth. Um, uh, we have the Farseer trilogy is told through the perspective of Fitz, and we get to know them so intimately through this tight narrative. We get all their inner thoughts and all their inner musings, and we get to see the world almost exclusively through their perspective. Uh, I'll also say fans of the, you know, here we go, of the atypical quoth dinner relationship, if you're someone like uh, like Dylan over here who can't get enough of the quoth than a relationship. I think you'll feel at home with Fitz's relationships as well. There's some relationship dynamics that draw some very interesting parallels to to Quoth and Dana, to Quoth and Dana. So, if you're looking for some more of those like thought-provoking, sometimes frustrating relationships, that's absolutely here. Uh, there's also a magic school and a poor attempt from Fitz to navigate politics, much like Quoth. One of Quoth's biggest weaknesses is he's not um, too political minded. He often gets in trouble with like whether it's school politics or actual politics. Um, he often finds himself um, in more trouble than he can handle. So for those reasons, I would recommend uh, the Farseer trilogy by Robin Hobb. Well said, Charles, and you discussing how the relationship is in this series is similar in some ways to the quote dinner relationship does make me want to go back to read the rest of the Farseer <laughs> trilogy. But yeah, this came to mind right away. The Farseer trilogy as a good recommendation for fans of King Killer for all the reasons Charles was saying. And, and a big thing that also sticks out to me here too, is that we've got this kind of first person, narrative being recounted by a figure that has obviously experienced a ton in their life, right? Uh, Rolled in some pretty big circles, done some interesting things, and is then recounting their story to us as the reader. It's a little less explicit on the frame story device than is the Kingkiller Chronicle, which leans super hard on it. But it's still like, hey, here's this figure that's been through a lot and is telling you about their youth, especially in a story. We're being told that story. And that's a big part of it, too. Absolutely. You want to bring us into the next series? I definitely do, because the next series is one that leans on that chronicling bit even harder than 
does the Farseer trilogy. It's Blood Song by Anthony Ryan. Uh, this is a series, by the way, but I've only really read the first novel, Blood Song. Uh, this uh, the series. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but I'm blanking on it. But uh, a lot of the common consensus seems to be that this is the strongest book in that series. Uh, so I think it reads potentially as a standalone if you want to treat it that way. Mm-hmm. The story is about a legendary figure named Valen Al Sorna, known as Hope Killer. Not quite King Killer, but uh <laughs> draw we'll, some we'll interesting parallels it. there, yeah. <laughs> yes. And the Hope Killer tells his story to a chronicler of sorts, while he's being shipped by his captors to a location where they intend to force him to participate in a duel to the death with a highly touted warrior. And this is basically assumed to be uh, the equivalent of a death sentence for him by most in the that world. And yeah, same thing. Legendary figure who's got some renown in this world tells a chronicler about their life and you also have those elements of sort of a a battle school i would call it i think and that's called the sixth order so you get to Mm. deal with valen as he rolls with the kind of circles you might expect in that school setting that we've come to know and love in fantasy excellent yeah well check that out blood song by anthony ryan um, so this next series is has quite the history with Friends Talking Fantasy. <laughs> you know, we've talked about it a lot. Probably our most talked about series that we have yet to read on the show. And it is one that has been on Friends Pitching Fantasy twice and unfortunately has yet to be selected for friends of the show obviously i love how passive your voice is as you talk about (laughs) this it was presented uh it was rejected who rejected it both times charles and who presented both times look you made it very difficult for me by putting it up against so many others you put this up against king killer back in the day i was like why are you making me choose between this series and king killer chronicle it was very tough it's one that i cannot wait to get to on the show it's kind of now the the underdog it i hope it will make its third entry into friends pitching fantasy as soon as it can and that is right. none other than scott lynch himself and the lies of Locke lamora Exactly. You called it the underdog. Some might even say it's a bit under the radar. And uh, it was (laughs) it was recommended by at Under the Radar B2, also known as Under the Radar Books, Mm -hmm. uh, alongside on on that's on Twitter, Under the Radar Books, and also on Insta by Molly's Big Comfy Chair and by Wicked Quixotic. And this was the one Charles Wynn people started recommending this. I was just face palming. Like how (laughs) did this not come up right away for me as a recommendation alongside the King killer 
chronicle i think it's such a great fit so both pro tags are shall we say very willing to stretch the truth uh, <laughs> right the book is called the lies of lock lamore part of the gentleman bastard sequence and uh you could potentially call the king killer chronicle the lies of quoth the bloodless <laughs> or something like that <laughs> because who knows how much is or isn't true in what's being told in quoth's story um, yeah I think Locke is even more quintessentially roguish than Quoth is. So if you want to lean a little bit harder on, you know, when you think of D&D rogue, they're more like Locke than they are like Quoth, though Quoth obviously has some roguish elements to him. Uh, Locke is a thief, a mastermind, uh, and we know Quoth is uh, pretty bright himself. And we've got this great witty dialogue in the gentleman bastard sequence that we can that we've come to expect from king killer as well so that clever roguish main character and it's telling a story that does involve it's got some of that almost mark lawrence type uh timey wiminess to it uh charles <laughs> right with you're bouncing back and forth from Locke being trained and learning as a child and then Locke as an adult carrying out some of the things he's learned so it's definitely even, even though it's not that like first person recounting it to a chronicler or anything like that it is like going through a person's life in a way that's very tight to their perspective and, and looks at their childhood as well as how they are now yeah I'd say of all the books I haven't read I think I feel like I know the most about King Killer. I mean, not King Killer, uh, of Lies of Locke Lamora. And it seems to me like Locke Lamora and Quoth also have this similarity of like they're both kind of self-absorbed, I guess. Like they're so tight, like they're so confident in their own abilities and they seem very confident individuals and, and stuff like that. That seems to be an interesting parallel. I don't want to speak for a book I haven't read, but I, I think I'm going along the right path here. Right, Dylan? <laughs> I think you are, and uh, there's a couple other folks who recommended this too they that sure I assume have read it. Uh, so let's let them speak a little bit. There's uh, Kevin Zhu of K Zhu sixty five off of Twitter. I think just commented Scott Lynch. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> That's all you need to say, uh, but, Kevin. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but we're also very excited to have um, Mike from Mike's Book Reviews chime in here, yeah. Charles. That was awesome. uh, yeah, uh, Mike's book reviews. I mean, if you're not, if you're listening to us, but you haven't checked out Mike's book reviews somehow, then uh, <laughs> we highly recommend you check him out. He does awesome. He's a little more more of a reviewer while we're more enthusiasts. Right, and here. he's more on the YouTube scene. Uh, that he is. So check him out on YouTube. And uh, he said, uh, uh, this is very much in his voice, I felt like, too. Um, <laughs> so this said, is a well, quote from him that he tweeted yeah. uh, about <laughs> our recommendations. <laughs> yeah. So at Mike's Book Review said, well, since I wasn't a fan of NOTW, so Name of the Wind, and I was lukewarm on Lies of Locke Lamora, and everyone else hails both as the staple of modern fantasy, I guess I'd wreck Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's something that I do really appreciate about Mike's book reviews, and I was kind of saying to him on this, after this exchange, is he's willing to give it to you the way he sees it, no matter what. You know, he's a reviewer, so he has to go out there and be willing to 
say like, hey, this I didn't like as much as I really liked, and he'll give it to you straight. So appreciate mm-hmm. his candor, candor yeah. there. Um, <laughs> we're big fans of Name of the Wind, and we I really like Liza Lacamora. Charles, it's hard to say because he keeps rejecting it. <laughs> I'm excited to read it. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I do think uh, the, the words of someone as well entrenched in this genre like Mike from Mike's book reviews uh, saying that if you like Name of the Wind, you'll probably like Lies of Locke Lamora definitely is uh, a big one to yeah. have. You got to have mix. some respect for someone who's willing to say, I don't like, I didn't, I was kind of lukewarm on this really popular book series in a genre that I'm an expert in. You know, I think it's a mark of a good critic to kind of be consistent in their criticisms and you may not agree with him, but at least you know when he says stuff that you'll know if it's for you or not. So I think, you know, I'm excited because King Killer is one of my favorites to know that um, all of these people are recommending Scott Lynch. I, I think we just got to read this series soon. <laughs> I'm very excited to get into it. Um, so we have another um, really exciting contributor to our King Killer recommendations, and that's from Tales from the Waystone, a King Killer podcast. And you can find them on Twitter at Waystone Pod. And, you know, I'll read their their tweet where it says, uh, it really depends on which of us is being asked and who is asking. Different parts of KKC, King Killer Chronicles, grab different people. Uh, And then one of their recommendations, they go on to say, if you love the magic system in KKC, the Dresden Files and Mistborn are good shouts. And I would have to agree. You know, there's some interesting parallels here. I would say Dresden Files, I've only read the first book. Uh, and I know there's so many of them. There's like 40. Um, but I would say in <laughs> <Not> that. that many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but th- there's a lot of them. And um, I would say the Justin Files has this sense of humor that I think King Killer once in a while surprises us with. So it, um, that's a great um, comparison there. And then like magic systems. I mean, can you you cannot go wrong with Mistborn if you love just a book with good magic systems. And actually the timing is good because uh, you can always check out our art of the magic system episode about Mistborn that I'm trying to remember if we've released at this point or not. Um, We have, we have. Yeah. It came out just last week. So if you want to see more about the magic system of Mistborn and if it's really for you and if it's enough, of an interest for you, definitely check out that episode. So thank you, Waystone Pod. I think they have a few more recommendations that come up later that we'll check out. Um, but those were the ones that we have both read and that you know I'd recommend you read. Um, but in terms of their relevance to King Killer, it's really just like, hey, if you like intricate magic systems, then check these out. And that's kind of where I think the similarities are the strongest. I don't know what you think, Dylan. Yeah, well, I really appreciate Waystone Pod, uh, definitely check out their podcast if you have read King Killer and mm-hmm. like it. I I really appreciate the they dive in in depth and there's a lot of nuance to the way that they speak about these books and I I felt that came through in their post. Uh, there's a lot more that they recommended, so the ones you grabbed here are a little bit more if the magic system uh, works for you. Oh, but I really appreciated them adding yeah and we'll get to those they're further down the list it's just these were the ones that we have read the other ones they recommended and we did not read and we have a whole segment for that later in this episode that we'll get to so it's not that we're like we'll mention they'll they'll come back into the discussion it's all here well 
I'd say the magic system bit. Yeah, if you like sympathy, not naming, then uh, oh, the yeah. magic Good system in Mistborn will stick with you because sympathy is more that hard magic system while naming is a little bit more soft. So yeah, I think those are great wrecks and just staples of the fantasy genre. So you'd want to check those out if you like King Killer. Absolutely. Um, the next series that we'll recommend comes again from Under the Radar Books. Um, they had recommended Lies of Lacamora, but they've also recommended The Black Company. And that's, um, they said, The Black Company also, if you're looking for a chronicler. Um, Dylan, you've not read The Black Company, right? I have not. Okay. So I, I've read that first book called The Black Company. And um, there's a character called Croker. He's like the main character. He's the so it's like a war. It's a, it's a company, like a group of soldiers, right? And the main character is the doctor and the historian, and the story's told from his viewpoint. So it's all about his infatuation with different characters, and um, it's his interest in a character called the lady um, that attracts kind of her interests. Um, I would say the Black Company is very much a militaristic book it's all about like war companies and battles in a way king killers not so if you um like this idea of a chronicler and you're open to this more militaristic focus black company is a great option a lot of people hail black company as the like the one of the founding fathers of grimdark so um if you're looking for more of that more old school fantasy i believe this was released in the 80s um then it's a great reason to check that out as well um, there's also this idea of naming, which is pretty common in fantasy where it's like to know the true name of a wizard or a sorceress is to have power over them. And that is a piece of the black company as well. There's wizards and sorceresses. It's more old school high fantasy in its approach to naming where like there's some mystery around it in King Killer. But if you like those elements that can be found in the black company as well. Well said, Charles. I know that the black company is a huge inspiration for a lot of the grim, dark, darker fantasy that mm-hmm. we see now. So it's been one that's been on my TBR for the while, for a while. As probably any of our longtime listeners know, I uh, I tend to lean a little bit more on reading the things that were inspired by some of these more seminal works than going yeah. back and having yeah. to see whoa well where did this come from i'm a little bit more well where are we now but now that we're doing (laughs) this podcast charles has dragged me kicking and screaming (laughs) all the way back to the lord of the rings so i think (laughs) right and that's i think a huge reason why i haven't been so hard on you recommending black company like dude you love grimdark and modern fantasy you have to read black company and that's another reason why i'm not like telling king killer fans that they have to read black company either because it it was written in the 80s it does have that older feel to it but it is interesting in like the idea of this company they're in the middle of a war they have a very grim outlook on life and how they handle war and battles and stuff it's not like this traditional high fantasy quest stuff it's very much they're just like at war grudging along, fighting battles, having to deal with wizards and sorceresses and all these other elements um, and to try and win this war. So that's what makes it super interesting. But it is old school. It doesn't have like the fresh voice and prose of someone like um, Patrick Rothfuss or 
or um, Abercrombie or anything like that. You are reading a more traditional fantasy book, but it is very good. I would highly recommend it. If anything I said piques your interest at all, then it's absolutely worth checking out. And, and thank you for Under the Radar Books for bringing in that recommendation as well. Um, the next series that was recommended to us comes from uh, a Twitter fan, a uh, friend of the show. And an Insta fan. And an Insta fan, Wise Fool. And the Twitter handle is, you know, Wise is spelt with numbers. So it's W153Fool. Um, and his comment was simply Earthsea. And that, you know. He tr- said more on Instagram. Oh, yeah? But yeah. Do you have it? I in can front grab of you it or? while you're talking about okay, it. Okay, so because yeah. the Twitter, because I have to thank Wise Fool actually for like <laughs> Dylan was like, oh, I know Charles has read it. Wise Fool for a lot, and, and we love Wise Fool. <laughs> <laughs> He's the so, man. Yeah, greatly appreciate all the support. But then, like, just by commenting Earthsea, Dylan was like, oh, I haven't read it, but Charles has, and and then Dylan dragged me kicking and screaming onto Twitter to be like, you have to reply because Wise Fool like wanted to know what we thought. And I'll read my comment. And I said, you know, A Wizard of Earthsea is a fun read with nuanced themes for the thoughtful reader. Yeah, Wise Fool's recommendation has me thinking of all these interesting parallels to King Killer that I'm looking forward to exploring on the show. That's what I said. And who liked it but none other than Robin Hobb herself. So I feel like the pressure is on for me to finally explore those parallels here and i'm excited to do that do you happen to have the comment in front of you before i get too far yeah so wise fool said uh, the tau which is a philosophy yeah um, uh, both have different aspects of the philosophy shown in the books both have a storyline that doesn't go as you expect it to mm-hmm. i haven't read earthsea you know i have great respect for wise fool's opinion on uh, fancy from our exchanges and also great respect for yours of course charles and uh not not the least of which do i have great respect for robin hobb who liked your <laughs> comments so uh i mean what more do i need i'd love to hear <laughs> right well earth is another this, one of the old school high fantasy which again is one i might have to drag you into a little bit but with support from wise fool and robin hobb that might have made my job a little easier <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> because I, i've had had to resort to peer pressure from other people in the past i know we i've had to use phantology to pressure you into <laughs> into wheel of time so we'll get there you know if i have to draw on best-selling authors you know uh, that's what i'll just have to do um so charles has like three tweets all time and one of them is liked by robin hobb he's doing pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah well that's all because of the platform that you were able to build for us dylan so oh, it it's you know wouldn't have been possible without you so um I wouldn't have considered recommending Earthsea, honestly, but then when um, Wise Fool brought it up and I started thinking about it, there are a lot of very interesting um, parallels here. Um, You know, Earthsea is a coming-of-age story. Remember the word buildings Roman that we had to Google in a past episode? (laughs) Um, That popped up in like the Wikipedia and stuff of this book. It's a coming-of-age story. Um, It's told... You know, it's all about the main character. His name is Jed and his process of he's learning magic. He's growing up. He's coming to terms with a lot of these um, idea of like power and, and death and all these Taoist themes that Wise Fool hit on, which is interesting. This idea of that there is a balance, which, you know, there's this mystery around naming and and um what is it? Siller? Sinner? Siller? Sympathy. Sympathy. Yeah. Um, where it's like, you know, there's this balance with sympathy and, um, you know, that's more like to the magic system, whereas this is a bit more abstract about 
the universe. But this idea of balance is very interesting and how it affects the material world and that kind of bit to it. But it's also told in this really great, like almost like you're a story telling-esque prose is what I wrote storytelling-esque in quotes because it is very almost like romantic it's almost like this epic quest nature in the way it's told and the prose really stands out much like I think a lot of people when they talk about King Killer talk about Rothfuss's voice and his prose is masterful and while this is in a slightly different way there's still this storytelling aspect of it and you know king killer is a story about storytelling and there's a lot of love and craft and the consideration of how to tell a story in king killer and i think there's also that love and appreciation of the craft of storytelling in in uh, earthsea but it's much more direct and not as abstract there's a whittles there's a wizard school um, and what i think is most interesting is when you read earthsea it's often described as like a kid's book or like a young adult of book. Yeah, but there is a lot of subtlety and nuance and beauty in the themes of this book that are told with such amazing restraint. And that, to me, is King Killer. What makes King Killer so epic is how restrained Rothfuss is with his themes and his character developments and the way he uses perspective and in the romance that he's writing with Denna, like everything he does is so restrained. He's committed to Quoth's perspective and everything else around it is implied. And then I think the more you read his work and explore it, the more you get out of it. And I think there's a lot going on in Earthsea as well. There's a much greater like existential thoughts around like these ideas of friendships, death, trust, um, that are told with such beauty and restraint. And I feel like that's like a lot of these film adaptations kind of missed the mark for Earthsea, where it's like they're telling this coming of age epic story and they fall short of some of the nuanced themes. So if, if you're someone who likes to like dive into the nuance of a story and get more out of it with every read, much like you can with King Killer, Earthsea's a great choice. Mm. So that restraint, it sounds like this bit of Earthsea, much like Kinkiller, is not going to beat you over the head with its themes. It's right. going to put it out there, but it's also going to trust the reader to find what is being told to them rather than having those moments that it sometimes feels like in less restrained works where it's almost like the character turns to the like break like turns to the reader <laughs> and delivers the lesson right there right. for you exactly uh, this one's gonna make you find it for yourself but gives you all the hints you need to get exactly there. this is like you know if you read it on face value you'd get a good story about someone who grows up and learns how to be a a wizard, you know, and faces these big challenges and and fights these big battles and whatever. And if you read King Killer on face value, it's something similar. You know, you're watching Quoth grow up and and like see how he develops as a person. But what they don't explicitly tell you is the best part, right? Of like all of these beautiful nuanced themes of like trust and power and balance and perspective and you know, relationships, you know, all these things that when you think about them, you know, you can really get into them, make for great book club books. Uh, but um, a, a less careful reader, that's why in my post, I said to the discerning reader, because if you just read it at face value, you might miss some of these themes. Just like I think sometimes you, you, it's easy to miss some things in King Killer, you know, so that's why I would recommend it. Like if you're a careful reader and you love 
exploring the deeper themes of a book, there's a lot to get into that you might not get at face value in Earthsea. And that's why I think it was an interesting recommendation. Well, I'm pretty sold, Charles. <laughs> I, I think it's this fun. is... This is peak excitement I've ever had for Earthsea wow. uh, right now. So it's too bad our friends pitching fans. Thank you, wise fool. Bit. And thank you, Robin Hobb, for the support on that one. <laughs> what a crew, Charles. I know. You three, that's quite a fellowship. I, would, I got uh, some great support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would trust you three to take a ring to Mordor if needed. Mm. That would be a very interesting crew indeed. Um Shall we go on to the next recommendation? I think we shall, Charles. It looks like it's one of your favorite series and one that you got us to read after our friends pitching fantasy. It's mm -hmm. uh, the Witcher series, which was recommended by at Anya Pavel, who said the Witcher series, definitely. <laughs> and this was an interesting one. You know, I, you know, I've read the whole Witcher saga. On the show, we've read the short story collections. Um, so I'm going to kind of focus the conversation to those anyway. But, you know, both are super popular series. Both are really fun reads. There's a lot of entertainment to be had reading Witcher. Um, and I think the commitment to having storytelling as part of the narrative, you can make that comparison to King Killer and especially the short story collections of the witcher it's much more subtle in the witcher but both series have this love and deep understanding of the art of storytelling whereas um king killer is more to the performance of it the like narration of a story where and that's actually just a part of the plot structure and how the story's being told is through storytelling so it's a lot more nuanced and explicit and explored in king killer the witcher is sometimes I think underappreciated in this aspect of the books of how much it is a love story of fables and like Grimm's fairy tales and like Aesop's fables. It's like how much it brings modern fantasy and these Aesop's Grimm's tales together. And it's that love and commitment to storytelling through this short story collection that I think is super, super interesting and not talked about enough about the Witcher. And that to me is where the great, um, parallel is. There's also, you can draw some comparisons from Quoth and Denna to Geralt and Yennefer and that their relationship, you know, they have a hard time expressing love for each other, even though they obviously both love each other. They're having a hard time communicating. Like, their biggest enemies are themselves, which is a pretty similar structure to Quoth Denna and this will they, won't they, and getting in their own way, you know, it, it's loosely similar. Um, so, people who are looking not so much for that like obvious romance one that's a little more complicated would find the Geralt Yennefer one is plenty complicated and um can you can explore the subtlety of it just as much as with Quoth and Denna but these characters are hundreds of year old, years old compared to Quoth and Denna who are in their teens so it's very interesting to see that comparison as well yeah, I know you're you're drawing some of those comparisons when we were reading through The Witcher. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say I like The Witcher short stories. I recommend them, but uh, yeah, I kind of I wasn't grabbed by the Geralt Yennefer relationship to the same extent. No, yeah, uh, agree that I was grabbed by the quote 
debtor relationship, 100%. but you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, the, you know, there's tons of people who don't like the don't like Dena, don't like the the quote Dena relationship. Uh, right. That's why we had to get out there and record the whole <laughs> in defense of Dena episode. So <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I I'd be interested to see if maybe the Geralt and Yennefer relationship would do better for some people who didn't love the way it was explored in in King Killer between in Quoth and Dena. Mm, so that's true. Uh, yeah, maybe th- like there's some folks that will have the opposite experience of me that I had, uh, where Witcher does it better for them. That's well said. Yeah, they're not too similar, but there is they, it is interesting, um, and we explored in great depth the Geralt Yennefer relationship when we did the Sword of Destiny because there's some great um, buddy read the Sword of Destiny buddy read that we recorded because there are some great moments and again they're subtle right like I don't think like I've gone into way more you know Dylan and I've gone into way more detail in these Witcher books than anyone I've ever seen but like I've read them a couple times so I'm able to like pick them apart and when you get to the bottom of it when you cut through like the more what people love about the Witcher which is like the action of it and the world building of it Um, when you get into these relationships and you get into this structure of the stories there are some interesting little nuggets of similarity to to king killer that i think make it a particularly nuanced interesting read more than you'd expect from the witcher i'd say yeah and they are short stories so i in theory you could just jump around a little bit and see Mm -hmm. if you're liking them and we i would think the ones that come up for there's a few that would come up for checking out if you like that Geralt Yennefer dynamic, right? Yeah. There's last wish. A little sacrifice, a little the sacrifice, last wish. Shard of ice. Right. Shard of ice, yeah. So you could almost follow the Yennefer and Geralt relationship without having to yeah, and I mean it's low stakes, right? Both stories, of those right? books together are like six hundred pages, which is yeah. a fraction of just Name of the Wind. It's a popular TV show. It's a popular video game series. I feel like yeah. people have an idea of if they're interested in The Witcher or not. I would just say for King Killer fans that there are some moments, especially around the relationships and around this idea of a short story structure, which you don't get in the show or the video games, that would might make Witcher worth a worth a read. Sure. And my one caveat is if you love King Killer because of how great Patrick Rothfuss's prose is, then that would not make me think I have to recommend The Witcher. <laughs> yeah, and a part of that is it is translated from Polish. Yes. So you do have to get through a little bit of that um, aspect of it. And, you know, there's not so much poetry or, you know, meter rhyme scheme what like you know there's none of that really i mean there are some great quotes and great musings that come out of the witcher and Geralt's a really great character but yeah like if you're looking for poetic prose and a strong voice you're not gonna necessarily find that in in witcher did we forget to mention that they use a framing device in um, the witcher we haven't mentioned it there is a framing device and it's not so much like a storytelling retrospective as much as it like they are looking back, but it's 
there is the framing device. There is for the it first is, book anyway. It, yeah. it is Geralt recounting his story, not necessarily to a chronicler, but to you know to people. So right. or to himself at times, I guess. Right. Um, it doesn't so, really experiment with that format like King Killer no. does, but the format is there for people that like that kind of structure. Yeah. Exactly. It's why it didn't come to mind right away, the framing right. device, but it, it is used. So if there's something that you really like about that, you might like that part of Witcher. Mm-hmm. So then, we, I mean, from there, we pretty much just have a bunch of books that we either haven't read or just like didn't really, uh, we weren't having an easy time drawing connections to King Killer. Uh, about but Mm -hmm. we wanted to throw out there because you know our friends out there did recommend a lot of different books that's right so uh one that came up uh, i mean there's the rest of the waystone pod and their post which i think i i feel very confident even when i haven't read the books saying that these are probably very good recommendations right we can't so speak I, to these or properly yeah. recommend them but we do want to throw them out there because they are recommended by people that we um i mean th- these guys have a very committed king killer podcast so you should at least consider what they have to say we'd be remiss if we did not mention everything that they posted um some of those books that they said was uh if you love the unconventional protagonist give all the birds in the sky a try um, and I looked into that one a little bit. It's by the author is uh, Charlie Jane Anders. And all I could see just from looking at the Goodreads page, it seems to have an unconventional protagonist. And the reviews are very polarized, which tracks with the King Killer experience. So might be worth ex- exploring there. And then they mentioned, if you like the world and society of Tamarant, try the Goblin Emperor. And if you like mystery, try Foucault's Pendulum. And if you like the academic setting, try The Historian. And they mention, they say at the end, these are all books that I love that tie into things I love about the King Killer Chronicles. So right. feel free and to review any of those. Yeah. So uh, the co-hosts over there are Phoenix and Will. And I was like, I was trying, I listened to Waystone Pod and I was trying to think like, uh, like, is this one that Phoenix would recommend? Like, is this her taste? Is this one that Will would recommend? Like, what is he? I, and I don't want to go ahead and make guesses, but I was very curious uh, over there. <laughs> like, who's... Because they said it depends who you ask. So I was trying to figure out, like, is it... <laughs> who am I asking with this one? Right. <laughs> so uh, both, though, both of those co-hosts are going to give great recommendations. So any of those, I'm willing to throw uh, down my endorsement. (laughs) So uh, shall we keep rolling here, Charles? Yeah, bring us into the next one, Dylan. Uh, Under the Radar Books, who's been mentioned a couple of times, I think, already, said Scourge of the Betrayer by Jeff Salyard, said the main character is a chronicler following a mercenary group. Sounds a little bit like uh, Black Company there, Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Then... We had at Andy Smith MN said I'd recommend Tad Williams as an equally poetic writer. His Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn trilogy would be a good wreck or his standalone The War of the Flowers. Mm-hmm. I'll say Tad Williams was a big inspiration apparently for George R.R. R. Martin. You probably heard of him. <laughs> um, so I would guess that Tad Williams is a good one to check out. 
especially if uh, I guess if you like Game of Thrones too. So I didn't know that about Tad Williams. That's interesting. Um, Next, we have someone called District underscore UTE, and their Twitter handle is S underscore. That's District Ute, like the Utes. Okay, District Utahs. Got it. Got it. At at S underscore Glouse eighteen. And they mentioned the Lightbringer series by Brent Weeks, and then with the caveat of a dot, 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 kind of. The wit is similar, orphan-ish, on a quest, protagonist trains to fit a label. And I've always wanted to read Lightbringer. It's always been pitched as, like, Brent Weeks' best work. I've read the Night Angel trilogy, which also deals with this, like, you know, orphan protagonist. They're navigating poverty and the underworld and politics and things like that um but unlike kin killer it's very grim dark and the violence and action are are way punched up and although i can't speak to Lightbringer, i'm assuming you know the author's voice would be similar across series but certainly on the top of my want to read list i don't think you can go wrong with brent weeks as an author um so Lightbringer series is always kind of held as his as his best work so i don't think you can go wrong there Right. One of my great shames as a modern fantasy fan is that I haven't yet read anything by <laughs> I did pitch Brent the Weeks. Night Angle trilogy. I know, I know. Yeah. I, I think you'd like I mean, you pitched him. it against like Lord of the Rings yeah, and I did. stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. But I wanted so, to throw out that Grimdark series for you because I know that's yes. a genre that you lean heavily towards. So I, I think sure. you would at least enjoy it for that reason. Yeah, I had to read Lord of the Rings now we're doing the podcast. Fair, but very uh, fair. I imagine my actual experience of reading <laughs> Brent Weeks's work would pro- I probably enjoy it more than I necessarily enjoy reading the Lord of the Rings, but I, I had to brush up on my history. Um put some respect on the name. Put some respect on the name Tolkien, which I always do. And but Brent Weeks, he has a great voice on on Twitter too. He's kind of got a nice clever wit. You to guys him. have some a little bit of rapport on Twitter as well. Yeah, I don't know if I'd quite bit. say. He, we've had exchanges, at least one, uh, kind of me trying to exchange witticisms with someone who's pr- much better at it. So I think, got to get there, Charles. Brent Weeks is very, very high up on my TBR. Awesome. Next we have um, the recommendations from Fantasy Book Nerd on Twitter, at Fantasy Book Nerd. It's a great handle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he recommend they recommend The Great Coats Quartet uh, by Simon N. de Castell. And then he's, they go on to say, uh, The Great Coats have simply some of the best characters in them. Calcio, Brasti, and Kest fight and bicker their way through swashbuckling adventures. The action scenes are top-notch, although, as a word of warning, there are some very adult themes in these books. So it, yeah, it sounds like when I hear swashbuckling adventure, I'm almost getting like Locke Lamora vibes yeah. of these kind of like witty characters having lots of fun and going on these adventures. And um, I'm open to very adult themes in my fantasy books. So it seems like an interesting read for me, something I wouldn't mind, you know, doing some more searching on the internet, learning more about, but it's a series I hadn't heard of before. Yeah, I think I'd seen it and had it recommended before. It's just with our giant TBR piles, there's, there's so much to get to. But these these Lock Lamora esque beats to it uh, that are being expressed here 
That makes me want to get to it so bad because you know how much I love those roguish stories. So you throw swashbuckling in there and I'm all in. Dave Mac 2 from Insta said, Theft of Swords by Michael Sullivan. That's the first of his right. Oh, God. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Uh, I think it's Ryera. I thought Re- it was Ryera Revelation as well. Yeah, okay. That's that's good. I thought so, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, first of the Ryera Revelation, Theft of Swords. Uh, that's kind of like this high fantasy uh, romp. Yeah, uh, those books are <laughs> I fun. Guess. I like They're those. great books. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I guess there's good banter between uh, the two main characters, Royce and Hadrian. It's just a great book. I mean, great series. So yeah. I recommend that just in general. Uh, another that kind of falls into that camp was recommended by NJKW97 and Gambit54, uh, who said Broken Empire by friend of the show, Mark Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like Broken Empire quite a bit, but I think it's you have to make quite a few leaps to get from King Killer to um, Broken Empire. First is this tons of violence, you know, the main characters couldn't be more uh, different. And then you weave in sci-fi elements. Um, so all of those things, which make Broken Empire excellent. Um, when you're trying to compare it to King Killer, it's a little tough. King Killer is, has a little bit of whimsy in it and it has some fun in it. And there's these storytelling aspects of it. And Broken Empire kind of stomps on all that. It's Broken very Empire much, is very grimdark. Yeah, very intense um, right out of the gate. But again, they're just too great fantasy series so if you like if you're open to a few more sci-fi elements if you like a more violent pragmatic character then definitely check out broken empire just be aware that it's much more intense in its violence than than king killer is um another one that was mentioned is from nihad sketches mentioned under heaven and um yeah, that was one we had just talked about. Very coincidental. It's like the only time I've ever heard someone else bring up Under Heaven in my whole life. So I appreciate that. Um, there are some interesting parallels here. I mean, when you talk about prose, you know, Under Heaven is about, you know, the main character is inspired from an actual poet that existed. Um, and so a lot of the prose is really quite beautiful. And there's these elements where they actually put in poems and poetry. So if you're interested in that, that's a great um great book to pick up but other than that i mean he is trying to he there is someone who has no political savvy at all thrust into the highest level of politics so there's that element of well and trying to navigate that um much like quoth does is very interesting but i think that's kind of where the similarities end they're both great reads but um very different settings and priorities in the storytelling i feel like Having read Tigana but not read Under Heaven, a lot of the elements of beautiful prose would probably come yes. through, yep. I would guess. Under, Under Heaven has Heaven, great so prose that... and great poetry in it. You know, it's about a poet. You know, that's like the main inspiration for it. So there is a dedication. You, you, you know that, you know, um, there's going to be commitment to, you know, the, the prose and the poetry when you have a poet as your main character. So, Well said. The next one is that Nihad Sketches mentioned was Ocean at the End of the Lane. Uh, that's a Neil Gaiman book. Uh, hmm. And yeah, I've heard very good things about it. And it's also, I think that it is, first of all, it's pretty short compared to what we typically get. So it's something that you could get through pretty quick. And hmm. I, I do have a 
buddy who isn't a huge fantasy fan but happens to have read both King Killer and Ocean at the End of the Lane and really like both of those. So yeah. I'll say that I have that to draw from. Yeah, and Neil Gaiman is really good at like creating atmosphere in his writing, much like when I read certain elements of King Killer, I'm like, wow, I really understand the setting here like he uses words that just describe the feeling of a place and they almost seem nonsensical but they nail the mood and the atmosphere so directly and neil gaiman has that kind of talent as well so i can see that being having not read this book in particular having read neil gaiman's other works i'm willing to assume that you know you can't go wrong with neil gaiman as an author for those reasons yeah and then neil sketches also mentioned china mieville who has a reputation for writing pretty strange uh, fantasy <laughs> fiction. Uh, I've never read Chime Aville, can't really speak to it, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, those other couple recommendations make a lot of sense, so I'd imagine there's, there, <laughs> there's something to draw from here, too. Right, and are we now at the bottom of the list? I don't see any more. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're. I think we at mentioned everybody. Here. You know, for those we we didn't get to now, you'll have opportunities, perhaps maybe in the future. Um, we might do this again with a series like Mistborn. So just be on the lookout for us on Twitter for that. But just want to take this moment to thank everyone that yes. contributed their recommendations. Was when we came up with the idea that is anyone gonna even give us recommendations? Like we thought it was a strong possibility in our mind that. We would have to kind of do a lot of work to get recommendations. But you guys came and you brought some really great series, series that I had read and didn't even consider. It kind of opened my mind a little bit. So thank you for that. And thank you to everyone that dropped a recommendation. And something that we'd love to continue doing in the future is keep putting out these like, hey, what would you recommend? And then mentioning you guys on the show. So if you like this let us know. We're going to get in on into all that. Uh, and I'm, I'm ready to get into how they can find us if you are, Dylan. Always ready, Charles. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. We really enjoyed this one. Getting to have our social media sphere pulled in has been a fun up. I enjoyed this. You know, it, it flowed really well. So be on the lookout for other episodes. I'm sure we'll do more. One on my, one at the top of my list is to do Mistborns because I love talking Mistborns. So start thinking of your Mistborn Rex and look out for that post on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end and on Facebook and Instagram at the FTF Podcast. If you want to send us an email, let us know how we're doing. Go ahead and reach out at the FTF Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, now, if you were, Dylan, to potentially be listening on Apple Podcasts and you okay. want to support the show in some way, what can you do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Yes. That's an option for you. If you scroll down on our page there, you'll find an option to click a certain amount of stars, uh, ideally five of them, but you know... you you want it just uh, please do five uh, do and if it's any less just let us know and we'll correct it <laughs> you know they have the right they have the right but we prefer but you know, we prefer it. if you have critiques shoot us an email and we'll talk about it we're always looking to of course correct here yeah, so 
if you do like it, toss five stars to our podcast. And you can also write a review, but even just the five stars would be absolutely delightful. And uh, yeah, just thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And you know, guys, as always, go forth and conquer, friends.